Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Ken and Echo Show. Welcome to the Echo and Ken Show. Well, the Ken, Echo, and Sergeant Brown Show. The Ken, Echo, and Sergeant Brown Show. Hello. We have Sergeant Brown with us from the Missouri State Highway Patrol. Sergeant Eric Brown. Sergeant Eric Brown. Um, He is the public information officer for Troop B. Is that the full title? That is correct. Okay. We have him here today to talk about some specific stuff that we we, we wanted everybody to uh, know. To, we want to educate adults. We want to educate adults. Yeah, this is what this is about. Now, we're going to be talking about some sensitive stuff, but we're all we're going to try and keep it G-rated because that's where, how we roll. We're just this yeah, is a G-rated show. Um, but um, we're going to be talking about things like bullying and online safety. Uh, sexting and things like that. And there's just a whole lot that we don't know. And so um, Sergeant Brown was kind enough to meet with us and talk with us. Now, I will, uh, let's go ahead and put our disclaimer up front so that we. Yes, these are the views and opinions of Ken and Echo. Or Echo and Ken, if you will. They are not the views and opinions of the Nemo News Media Group. Or the Edina Sentinel, where we happen to be sitting inside the Edina Sentinel office today. Right. Or the media in Cahoka, the Clarence Courier, the Shelby County Herald, LewisCountyStar.com, or the Missouri State Highway Patrol. Okay. So, I'm going to let you lead on this one, because the whole topic, we were talking right before we we went on on the air, so to speak, about how the, the whole topic kind of blows my elderly mind. You know what I'm saying? Once I qualify for for uh, membership in, in the, uh, what's that, the Retirement Society, the AARP. Yeah, once, I, once I'm an AARP member, this whole, the internet thing just in phones. So I'm going to let younger people lead on this one, and I shall be quiet and learn. Okay. Well, in and some things we're going to talk about, we're not going to probably really get into exact information. We're not going to get into a lot of technical stuff. It's going to be general internet safety and general social media safety stuff that we we want to parents and children alike to be aware of. By no means am I an expert in this field. However, uh, well, I do have some information that I can pass on that could be helpful. And uh, towards the end here, too, I'll also pass on some information uh, if, uh, if someone's having a problem or uh, needs to talk to someone that is an expert in the field or is aware of someone that's being uh, cyberbullied or uh, being the victim of uh, some type of sex crime on the Internet or social media. We'll pass on some contact information where they can call to get some help as well. Okay, that's perfect. That's perfect. Okay, so we've got some uh, internet safety and social media. Absolutely, and, and uh, we'll, we'll touch on, on a few things real quick of uh, what you don't want to do uh, on on the internet or social media. As an adult or or an adolescent, young child, anybody, no one should really be doing this unless they're aware of what their settings are and know exactly who the crowd is they're talking to. One of the things you want to avoid is not to share your personal information. You know, don't share personal information about yourself, you know, exactly where you live at, your age, dates of birth, anything such as that. Basically things you don't want people to get a hold of. If you're a child, uh, you want to let an adult know before you join a social network or a new social network. 
uh, once you are uh, active in social media or uh, programs on the internet uh, and you start to receive negative messages, you don't want to respond to those. Uh, j- just ignore them. Uh, don't respond. Uh, delete them. Uh, don't don't let those messages bother you. Uh, don't respond. Don't become in an argument with those people. Uh, they're just luring you and trying to draw you in. Uh, before you post something online, uh, think about it. You know, whatever it is, it, it may or may not be there forever. It, a lot of sites, even if you delete it, you know, someone will have, have taken a screenshot of it, saved it, or already shared it to where you are moving it from your your pages. It it might be gone from your your part, but someone else already has a record of it and has already forwarded it on. Uh, even some of the apps and things that people use, uh, Snapchat, things like that, that, that disappear after a set amount of time, you know, that automatically erase. And nothing's stopping somebody from taking a screenshot of that, saving it, and sending it on. So if you send something out there, if you put it out there, make sure that it's something that you don't mind having out in public. It'd be something that you wouldn't mind sharing while you're standing in a grocery store with, with your neighbor. Uh, also, don't be a cyber bully. You know, don't be negative to other people. Uh, don't don't say mean things. Don't have personal attacks against folks. Uh, nobody wants to be a victim of that. Uh, so don't be that person yourself. You you avoid avoid those things. But if you're not willing to say it to their face, it's probably something you shouldn't say on the internet either. Uh, cyberbullying is also a crime. Uh, don't add strangers to your social networking pages. Hey, you know whether it be Facebook or Instagram, don't allow strangers in there. If you don't know them, don't friend them. E- even if it shows that they have two or three friends alike, if you don't actually know who they are, don't befriend them. Uh, I have a story about that that we'll talk about a little bit later on as well. If you choose to to allow a stranger in there, uh, just be very cautious. Uh, sites like Instagram, you know, people often begin following you that, that are from. Say, say you're into motocross, you know, and some motocross page might start following you, something like that. Just be aware. Make sure that you know who those people are, that, that it's a, a reputable group, a reputable company, not someone that, that's looking to, uh, to, to follow you, to, to lure you into something nefarious. Um, if you uh, do run into a situation where you need to meet someone online, you know, whether it be from, from things that you're selling on Craigslist or buying on Swap Shop, stuff like that, if you have to meet someone like, you know, for, for whatever reason it may be, uh, do that in public. Uh, don't don't have them come to your house. Don't go to their house. Uh, do that in the public somewhere, somewhere where you're in the view of other people. Uh, we recommend, uh, and a lot of law enforcement agencies recommend, and your local agency, you know, your local police department might even ask that if you're selling something on Craigslist or Swap Shop, to to those barters and exchanges at, at the police department in the lobby. You know, you, you know you're going to be safe there. If if somebody's not wanting to come to the police department to buy whatever it is you have or to sell you what they've got, then you don't want to be buying it from them anyway. Uh, if you become in a situation where you're being cyberbullied or people are making negative comments, uh, threats, or anything like that, you report it to somebody. You know, if you're an adult, report to law enforcement. If you're a child, report to your parents. Make sure your parents take the proper action. Report to law enforcement if need be. And uh, I think before you you text out any type of, of inappropriate comments or any appropriate pictures, you know, whether it be nude photos or, or whatever it may be. Uh, depending on your age or who you're sending it to, it could be illegal. And uh, whenever you take a picture of your body, let's say you do take a, a new photo of yourself or receive a new photo of yourself, you know, there's highly likely going to be a permanent record of that picture out there forever. 
uh, if you send a nude photo of yourself to your girlfriend or a nude photo of yourself to your boyfriend, what happens when that person gets mad at you and, and you break up and they send it to 20 of their friends, and they send it to 20 of your friends. In essence, you, you have uh, exposed your new body in public. And uh, those can be extremely uncomfortable situations uh, for your family, for yourself, and it can also uh, to lead to crimes uh, such as child pornography and other other crimes could occur because of something such as that too, where you can land yourself in some pretty serious trouble. Yeah, <clears throat> we were talking about the nude photos at Rotary today. Now, there's a conversation. <laughs> I was president of the Rotary Club in the '80s, and yeah, there's a conversation I can never imagine coming up in the '80s: nude photos of. Well, we were talking about this just, podcast and how it was right. coming up, and mm-hmm. you know, sure, sure. it was it's older uh, older crowd, and I think the biggest questions were how does it work with um, you know age ranges? You know, if a kid is sending a nude photo to another kid, uh, it seems it's not as serious as, for example, a kid sending one to an adult. Sure. Well, and I can't sit here and quote you uh, the age ranges and without actually having the laws in front of me, I can't say if a kid is, is, uh, is this age and an adult is this age, you know, what, what exact crimes are committed. It, it's going to depend on, you know, is the person that, that's receiving the photo, are they an adult? Are they over the age of 17? Are they over this age? And, how old is the child or is an adult and adult send things back and forth that, that's going to have a lot of effect on on the crimes that are committed uh, if there is a crime committed and, and how it could be punished you know it just seems to me like though if, if there's any kind of question at all you just shouldn't do it sure i mean sure. you shouldn't do it this is i mean you know well, I, I thinking back to a, a situation a couple of years ago uh i'm a football fan and there was a Famous sports star, won't mention any names, who got into this situation. And it wasn't a situation where it was he was doing anything illegal. Um, and in his mind, but he really was because he was sending pictures of himself to somebody who didn't want them. And he did not think, oh, I'm not doing, he, I'm not doing anything illegal. She's an adult. I'm an adult. But she didn't want him. And there was a, yeah. There, there were consequences. Well, and there is consequences mm-hmm. that, you know, there itself is a crime. If you're sending, if you're sending nude photos to someone who, who does not want them, yes, you can be committed a crime. Uh, if, and vice versa, you know, if you're receiving them from somebody and, and you don't, you don't want those, those images, you need to let that person know and you need to report to law enforcement if it has become a problem. Uh, another issue that you have oftentimes is that if you're, a younger child, an adolescent, or a juvenile, and you think that you're sending nude photos of yourself to another kid that's your same age, it very well could be a 55-year-old man sitting in his mom's basement that, that's pretending to be a 14-year-old boy or a 14-year-old girl, and that's actually who you're sending those pictures to. And, you know, that, that that's something you definitely want to avoid because Lord knows what, what those people are doing with those images. Are they are they using them for their own personal means or are they selling them on the, in the child pornography market? You know, once you take a nude photo and put it out uh, on the internet or send it to someone else, and you know, there's highly likely a permanent record of that photograph and it's uh, very likely it's going to be out there for forever and there'll be uh, very little that you can do to get it removed. Is there a lot of problems with that? People, you know, the, the old creepy guys sitting in the basement soliciting um, nude photos of children do we uh, I, I can't I can't quote you your crime statistics 
but but is that is that an issue absolutely there there is a uh, a large market for for child pornography unfortunately it's not a subject that anybody wants to talk about you know it's not a subject that anybody ever thinks they're going to be a victim of you know it's not a subject that uh, that parents ever think their child will become a victim of uh, but it happens uh, all too frequently. You know, we, we have internet crimes uh, officers that are internet crimes investigators that that go on to uh, these these websites, and uh, they they pose as as young boys and young girls and, and make numerous sexual assault cases, and child pornography cases a year just by pretending to be a child. And how many children out there become victims of that that, that, that law enforcement is not aware of? You know, I have no way of saying. I have no way of knowing. Uh, but it is an issue. It is a crime uh, it, that, that is very common. You know, not necessarily in, in northeast Missouri where we live at. Does it go on here? Absolutely. Uh, but it is a, an issue nationwide. Uh, but the biggest thing is, is it's preventable. You know, by keeping track of your children, what they're doing online as a parent, uh, you can help prevent that. Educating children on the safe uses of social media and the Internet can help pre- prevent those crimes from occurring. It's just it, it takes education and effort uh, on law enforcement and parents pass both. It does make me wonder, you know. And I'm just thinking here. I'm not a parent. Okay, I'll be I'll be straight up. I, I don't have kids, but it, it makes me wonder. Really, at what age is it appropriate to let kids even have access to to social media? I mean, well, back in the day, back in the day when cell phones were just coming out. Okay, parents didn't want their kids to have cell phones because it was expensive, and they were, you know, worried about the cost and like that. And all of a sudden, that transformed into let's let every two-year-old have an iPhone, which is about well, where we're at. I mean, one thing I'm not a parent, but I get to I get to pretend like I'm a parent. Okay, with my nephews. I get to play one, <laughs> and I want to know where they're at. I want to know what they're doing. I want to be able to get a hold of them constantly. You know, at the drop of a I want to be able to call them on their cell phone, basically, and 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 have that constant connection. To me, from my um, Cro-Magnon uh, caveman point of view, though, uh, it's the opposite of yeah. Well, if I can track these kids, everybody else can too. Is that what I want? Is I want? Do I want my kids available twenty four seven to whoever happens to get their phone number? I don't know about well, that. Well, it's so much more than their phone number. Well, their phone number or their or their online profile or whatever you know what i'm saying their app get friend them on the app or whatever do, is that so do you guys have resources for like how we can keep better track of what they're doing sure well i guess one thing that i want to get out there too is the you know child the children whatever age your child gets a cell phone you know it is up to the parents and and how they how they want to handle their own home uh, what they think the maturity level of their child is you know, is it a problem for a ten-year-old to have a phone? No, absolutely not. You know, a lot of phone, a lot of homes anymore don't have home phones in them anymore. A lot of people have got rid of home phones, and cell phones are primary means of communication. You know, and uh, when when your kid's coming home from school, and you have a home phone. They need a cell phone. You know, that you can call on. Hey, did you make it home from school? Okay, great. Where are you at? What are you doing? Those things are great. Um, and, and whether they have, a, you know, if you choose to let your child have a smartphone at whatever age, you know, that you decide is appropriate, which is up to the parent. Um, whenever you think they're mature enough to have it, that's okay too. Uh, 
we we don't, I want to make sure that, that people understand it is that by having a cell phone and having access to the internet and social media and things like that, that's not a bad thing by any means. You know, what, what kind of what we're talking about today, you know, makes, makes the, the internet and social media sound like the devil. And it's not. There, there's a lot of great things that are out there for adults and kids alike. You know, the internet has made it a lot easier for children to, and kids to educate themselves and, and, uh, and do research for papers and social media has made it better for, for people staying in contact with each other, kids communicating and staying in touch with the schools. You know, I, I have a high schooler and a lot of stuff that he gets from teachers and stuff like that. It's going to be through uh, an emailing system at the school and an app system at the school. The, the basketball teams have a, a social media thing they get on and yeah. communicate with and stay in touch with. Those are all great things. Uh, what, what you want to be sure of is that, that your child is mature enough and making good decisions while they're using the Internet and while they're on social media. You know, you want to make sure that they're going to safe sites and, and communicating, you know, with their friends and, and using it properly and not, not letting strangers into their world and not doing inappropriate things. Uh, and really that, that is up to the parent uh, taking an active role in, in their child's lives, you know, not being too busy to sit down and talk to them uh, about whatever app it is and, and being open to their child using those things. But you just need to be able to understand what it is they're doing too. And, you know, and so... If you're a parent and you have a young child, an adolescent that, that begins using social media, you know, if they're on Facebook, be on Facebook too. You know, be their friend on Facebook. You know, I'm not saying that you need to stalk them and creep on everything that they do, but you need to understand how the things work and what's going on there too. Uh, you know, follow them on Instagram. You know, those things. If if your child uses Snapchat, use Snapchat too. Follow their stories. You know, know know who they're talking to, what they're doing. Know who their friends are. Be active in their lives. You know, you don't have to be the the creeper parent, but you need to be involved. If they have certain, you know, whatever social media they have and uh, their phones, if they have them locked, you you need the passwords to those accounts. You need to be able to have access to those things so you can check up on it. And that way, if there's if a, if a problem arises, you, you'll be able to deal. With you will see what's going on. Uh, you want to have an open relationship with them and a level of trust where, where they don't try to hide things from you. Because there's a lot, a lot of ways in, in, in some of these apps and stuff that's out there that kids can use where they can hide stuff from you. And that's what you want to avoid. You don't want that to happen because it, it makes it a lot more difficult to protect your child. But right. once, once again, you don't want to you don't want to be overly protective. You know, the kids got you know they got to have some leeway too, and, and feel like they have some space to make their own decisions because that's part of growing up too. But you need to be aware and, and uh, that your kid knows how to be safe. You want to make sure that, that you're doing what you can to keep your child safe too. That's yeah. excellent advice. I'm assuming that that would be the recommended course. Would be that was that's part of the when they get the phone, that's the understanding type of absolutely, video. absolutely. This, these are the responsibilities that come with it. I will have your password. I will have access to any app that you have. I can get your phone at any time and go through it at any time. That's part of the deal. Sure. Well, yeah, and I would assume. Yeah, of course, each individual absolutely. parent, but. And there, so there, there's a lot of great things that, that happen on social media. You know, it gives kids a, a great chance to, to communicate with each other, stay in touch, get up-to-date information. Yeah, life is just different now from what it was when we were younger. You know, cell phones yeah. are different. How you yeah. communicate is different. You know, how you communicate with, you know, with your boyfriend, your girlfriend is different now than what it, what it was before what we were used to when we were children. Uh, times have just changed, so you, you have to try and keep up with that change as much as you can. You don't necessarily have to embrace it yourself, but it does help if you understand it. And, and kids are gonna they're gonna use it. They're gonna they're gonna use these things, and, and a lot of them have fun with it, use it the, the proper way. Nothing bad ever happens, but the most of them use it 
the right way and nothing bad ever happens. But you need to be prepared for, for it if something does happen. Are there like things we should be looking for, like signs if, you know, kids are being bullied or there's this, some sort of a situation happening with maybe sexting? Sure. Well, it's going to be come back to, to knowing your kid and knowing what your child, you know, what the, what they're doing and, and being active and involved in their lives. You know, hopefully when, when they become active in, in, in things such as this, the parents sit down and talk to them and say, hey, these, these are kind of the ground rules here that I want you to do. You know, I, don't, I don't want you doing A, B, and C. And if you're joining A, B, or C, you know, I want to know about it. And, and if you run into an issue with, with someone bullying you, saying mean things about you, uh, whether you know about your appearance or making threats towards you or or you know whatever it may be, uh, let a parent know, let an adult know. You know, basic safety stuff of of not sending nude photos of yourself or your friends or or, or even becoming involved in it. If you receive, let's say, you receive a nude photo of a young girl you go to school with from your buddy. And then you see it, and then you send it on to somebody else. Well, you you have now involved yourself in what could be a crime. Uh, just receiving it may or may not be an issue, but if you receive something like that, you know it's inappropriate. Tell somebody that person who, who that picture might be of might not want that out there. That, you know, it might be something that they don't want anybody else to see, or they could be a victim of a crime. And you need to tell an adult, pass that on. Let let a, let a parent know. Let it, let a teacher know. Let your principal, your counselor know. And, and if it, if it makes you nervous, you know, do it in confidence. It, just make sure somebody knows about it. Because if you then take that photo and you share it with people, and they share it with more people, you very well could have have committed a crime. You know, anything varying from you know sexual misconduct or child pornography, depending on what it, you know the ages and, and things such as that. Okay, take this ex- to an extension. I'm a parent. Child comes to me and says, hey, dad, this is going around and I, I don't want this. You know, this isn't right. And I see it. It's somebody that's exactly the scenario. As a parent, what do I now do? What do you recommend that I do from here? It's like, okay, they've told an adult. What does the adult do? Right, right. Well, at that point in time, uh, depending on the age range of the child, you really the best. your best thing to do is to contact law enforcement. Law enforcement will, will investigate to the best of their ability, uh, make determinations of whether a crime has been committed or not, uh, contact people that they think may be victims or witnesses, and uh, we'll also take steps to preserve some of that evidence as well. You know, the vast majority of things that occur on social media and that occur on cell phones and computers is information that we can go back and get. Even though someone might have hit the delete button, highly likely there is going to be a record of that. You know, one of the things that the children think a lot of is, oh, if I delete this on Snapchat, it'll never be there. Not so much. You know, we we, uh, we do investigative subpoenas and search warrants very frequently uh, on on phones and computer equipment for all varying styles of crimes, whether it be drug offenses or sexual offenses, assaults, whatever it may be. And we go back and we actually get this information, and it's something we can print out and take pictures of and show in court. Yeah, I'm, I'm nodding my head. I'm a... My day job, I, you wouldn't know because I'm a I'm a technological crudmudgeon, but my day job is an IT person. Sure. And I understand how backups work. And, you know, when you put something on a server, man, that thing is just being constantly backed up. And there's versions and versions and versions. And, and one of those versions is going to have it on it. Absolutely. And all they have to do is do a search for what they're looking for, and it'll go back through the last 
week, month, year, six years, however long, and that one of those versions, one of those snapshots is going to have what they're looking for. So the chances of, you know, you're talking about Snapchat, which people do think goes away, no. It's, it's cached That's somewhere. So you can it break really it down is. to where it's like, I want to see all the messages so-and-so got on this day. Oh, absolutely. And they just kick it out to you. If we, if if the servers have saved it and we have the right probable cause and the authorization to do so, we can go in and recover a lot of that information. And that's from everyone, Snapchat included. Yeah, that, and, and not every single one of them is going to be pertinent records, but very, very frequently, we we're going to be able to get that information back. Uh, so whatever you just got to realize, whatever you put out there, whether it be on social media, on Facebook, on the internet, messaging sites. Uh, there's going to be some type of record of it, and it's possibly a record that somebody else is going to get a hold of, whether it be we go in and get subpoenas or, or search warrants to get the information, or it's because you said something mean about Sarah, and Sarah took a screenshot of it, but you deleted it. Well, Sarah still got a screenshot of it, and she can show that to whoever she wants to show it to. You know, whether it be you said something mean about somebody or you inappropriate photos, whatever it may be, whatever comments that you make, you know, it, as simple as that on Facebook, screenshot it, I've got a record of it. And then I can turn around and I can repost it all I want and there's not much that you're going to ever be able to do about it. But one of the programs that we do, a slide that we do on this, and a, the very first time I watched it, it was, it was, it made a lot of sense. It was a, a little girl who was standing up in front, of her, in front of her school on the stage, and it was a, she had to read about another girl in the class. And she got up and she started reading off all these mean things about her, about her being ugly and nobody likes her and the teachers don't like her and she looks funny and her parents don't have any money, blah, blah, blah. And she walks off stage after giving her a little presentation. You know, those are very, very hurtful things to, to that person, you know, to whoever it is you're talking about and to that person's friend, that person's family. And that is often the kind of stuff that occurs in cyberbullying. And when that goes out there, it's there forever. Those, those feelings are hurt for real, not, not just on the Internet, but it actually hurts the person. It hurts their, it hurts their feelings, hurts their family's feelings. And it can, it can be a crime. You know, it can be assault. It, and it could lead to even worse things. You know, there's been people that have committed suicide over cyberbullying and things that were, were said or posted about them on the Internet. Uh, children and adults alike have had those problems, and, and it's come to those type of means. It's come to, you know, results of assaults and things such as that. So that's that's what we, we want to avoid is anybody acting like that and doing those things, saying those things. Because the Internet is real life. So, it's affecting real people. You know, cyberbullying is legal in Missouri, Right. And that encompasses adults, too. Absolutely. Sure. And you guys see many situations where adults, you know, where maybe it starts with the kids, but then it grows into adults jumping in. and It, 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 sure, can. it sure can result in that. Um, but those those type of crimes are generally investigated at a. By detectives and by internet crime specialist people is where a lot of those those investigations are turned over to those top folks because they have the expertise and the ability and the knowledge to to obtain the information and to complete a successful investigation. What kind of consequences are there, um, you know, for cyberbullying? It, it depends on on how it unfolds. You know who uh, who was making the threats, uh, the age of the people involved. You know, you could be arrested for for any number of crimes. You know. Uh, from assault, uh, there, there's some stalking things that could occur. You, know, you, you could be found guilty of misdemeanor offenses, all up to felony offenses. It depends on on what, how the crimes occur and what 
what elements of crimes are met and whether or not you know you get your there's enough information there to be found guilty of an actual crime. Interesting. Um, uh, go ahead. I was going to say another thing. Uh, what about you know reporting? So, uh, say I get a unsolicited. Um, naked picture of a juvenile. What do I do with it? Show it to the police. Yep. Save it. Don't do anything with it. Don't respond to it. Um, if it's a, if it's an attachment to something and you don't feel like it's appropriate, don't open it. Uh, when you get sent things that you think might be inappropriate or from places that, that you people you don't know, you know, some places you doesn't seem as reputable, don't open it because it could contain viruses and any number of things, you know, because it could cause you problems, malware, spyware, you know, bugs that are going to shut your phone down, ruin your computer, stuff like that. So, it, one, if you don't have to open it, don't report it if it doesn't seem appropriate. You know, if it's photographs, things of that nature, then absolutely call law enforcement and report that, and they will come and, and handle whatever type of media it is that you have to try and process it, whether it be on your phone or it's on your computer, your your iPad, whatever it may be, they'll have ways of, of, of taking care of that information and saving it. So getting it, there's, you know what I mean? So getting something like that's not the issue. It's sending it back out. Right. You don't people. want it. If you receive it, uh, if you're a willing receiver of it, then, then you can be guilty of a crime. Yes, if you if you're Something if you're out looking for it, if you're out looking right. for it, trying to find and asking people to send it to you, to, and you're getting it because you want it, then yes, you may be having a problem. Uh, but if uh, if somebody else is sending it to you and you don't want it, whatever it may be, you know that that you think could be a crime or you think is inappropriate, then you need to report it and, and get that out there so you you don't become. Uh, either a victim of a crime or the suspect of possibly a crime. So would it be pertinent to say don't erase it just yet? I I wouldn't erase it just yet because if you erase it and you just tell me and I come to your house to talk to you about it and you say, well, I got this picture. Where's it? Well, I deleted it. I've got nothing. And I have nothing to go on anymore. I don't know. You know, it's in essence, it's kind of gone and it's going to be, can we go back and get it? Yes. Is it going to be more difficult? Absolutely. So if it's something that you don't think is appropriate, if it's a photo, call law enforcement. They'll tell you what to do. More like they'll tell you to save or they'll tell you to shut your phone off or whatever it may be. Follow the directions they give you, and, and they'll come and process it however they see fit. Okay. okay. I want to take this in a slightly sideways direction. As an IT person, I want to go back to something sure. you were talking about because I see this every day. I deal with this every day. I want to talk to all the people out there. This is from a person who work. This is my my job. This is what I do. Um, when you get, and it doesn't have to be like inappropriate stuff, but you get stuff every day in your email that you know is bogus. I mean, it's the old Nigerian, you want a million dollar scan. Everybody's seen that. But the new ones are different, and they're much more sophisticated. They look like they're legit. I mean, we have people sending emails every day asking me the question, is this real? And I have to look at it and say, no, that is a scam. Uh, they come from your credit card companies. They're not really from your credit card company. They just use the same graphics at your credit card. They come from the big retailers. I won't use names, but but uh, something uh, that you you know a store that you would go to every day has a website. Well, they use the graphics off that website, and it looks real. So basic rules: your credit card company will never 
ever send you an email and ask you for information. They just don't do it. So if you get something, your, your bank, they don't send you an email and ask for information. What they'll do is they'll send you an email and say there is new information available on your account. Even if you get one of these, do not click on a link to go to it. You close out your browser, then you go into, let's say, for example, you use USB Bank here in town. You close out your browser, you go into the USB One account in a new browser session, log into it your normal way, and see if there are any notifications there. That's the way they'll do it. Just across the board, your credit card com company is not going to ask you to reset your, your password. They'll inform you the next time you try to log in. Now, they may send a, a notification saying, yes, we're going to make some changes, but they won't put a link there for you to log in. They just doesn't work. If you see a link from UPS, UPS does not know your email address. They're not sending you a link. FedEx is not sending you a link. The post office is not sending you a link. These are all scams, and they, they can be scams for a very different thing. They could be phishing, which is to try and get your personal information, or they could just be trying to get access to your computer, like the sergeant said, to put malware or spyware or stuff on it. Um, or they could just be generating a database of, of who's actually responding to these sorts of things to turn around and sell to a, a different scammer. So bottom line is when you get emails, don't click on links. Just stay away from links. Just leave them alone. And don't send emails with links in them. Okay, I'll stop preaching now. Go right ahead. That was way uh, That was one of my rants, but uh -huh, that's okay. I, I, I deal with this every day. And I, only, I have two or three people here in town call me a week. Say, Ken, I clicked on this link, and now my computer's doing this. What do I do? Take um, it to the tech. You, you you take it, it to the tech because you, you've been had. You've been had. You know, and, and some of it is just flat-out crime. Some of what they're doing is just flat-out extortion. Yeah. I don't want to do a whole episode on, on cybercrime extortion-wise, but I can tell you it's, it's amazing how creative these people have become. And a lot of the stuff that you're seeing there isn't some guy in Nigeria. It is organized crime. It is actually literally organized crime. The Russian organized crime, a couple other... They're... It's a big deal. It's a big business. So don't fall for it. Go right ahead. It is a big business. Sorry. Um, um, yeah, so I've overwhelmed you. Where were we? <laughs> we, were, we were finishing up with consequences. <clears throat> consequences, yes. Consequences. Yeah, there, there's all there's there's all varying forms of ramifications, uh, consequences for for the improper use of the internet, the improper use of social media. You know, th there can be you know mental consequences. You know, it, it can affect people mentally, it can affect people physically. You know, it, hurt feelings are real. You know, when no, nobody wants to be made to feel bad. You know, th those are negative consequences of it. Uh, there can also be, you know, criminal and, and civil consequences as well, depending on how, how things unfold. You know, we won't try and go into exactly what kind of crimes are committed, but, but you can be guilty of a crime. So you, it's something you need to think about before you post stuff and send things is, Hey, you know, is this, is this the right thing to do? You know, is this something that, that, that I want my mom or my dad or my grandma to see if it was to get out there? You know, is this something that I want, that I would say to somebody's face? If somebody said this to my face or said this to me on my, Instagram page, how would that make me feel? 
you know, would, would I be ashamed of it? Would it hurt my feelings? You know, think about those things before, before you post, you know, good or bad things. You just have, have, just remember that there are real consequences that what happens on the, on the internet and on social media actually is real life and it does have real effects and real consequences towards people. What are some of the, is it, um, what are some of the biggest problems that you guys see or are aware of as far as, um, uh, well, bullying is is an ongoing issue. Uh, it, I guess it's it's something that, that gets a lot of of, uh, of airtime in the media as well, and that that kind of compounds it. You know, makes makes people more aware of it. You know, whether it be whether it be cyberbullying or, or you know face to face bullying in in all ranges, kids. You know, elementary, middle school, high school, you can have issues with that. Even adults can have issues with that. What is what is bullying? As far as there a definition for what that means? Well, uh, <coughs> I, 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 I try to kind of stay like away from it from an exact definition because it can it can occur in varying ways. You know, whether it be you're 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 saying mean things about somebody you know that, that people don't like them, or you know I don't like you because you smell, and, and you you know your your social status, your your monetary status. You know these these things all come into it. You know you don't have any friends. Nobody likes you. You're not good at football. You know whatever it may be. You know it can be said. You know to your face or, or in text in, in social media. Anything that that makes someone feel bad about themselves could be considered bullying. And, and it can even rise to to assaults where, where people begin making you know verbal verbal threats and, and threats and text on, on the internet, social media sites. You know, verbal threats and, and those texts to actually you know to do to do mean or bad things and somebody assault them, you know, spread, spread, you know, lies and rumors about people. All those things can be considered bullying, whether it be in person or, or, you know, in a, in a virtual world. Back so, in my day, back in my day when I was in high school, bullying was a very common thing. There wasn't much done about it. Um, but, you know, it would be one kid pulling you over to the side and sticking his finger in your chest and, and bullying you. Everybody knows where it is. Sure. Bullying is not, by any means, a, a new concept. No. Um, it, maybe it's just become, it's become a newer problem or, or maybe it's become worse. Uh, maybe we've made it worse by, by talking about it too much or, you know, by putting it out in the mainstream media too much. That maybe it's just something we haven't learned how to deal with properly. I, I do think one big, huge change, though, in what we're talking about is um, I, I, society is much more against bullying than it was, it's just, which is a good thing. And the other thing, too, is, you know, back when that guy may have his finger in my chest and bullying me, you know, he knew it and I knew it. Sure. There wasn't a paper trail. There right, wasn't right. an online what, what you're talking about here, you know, with cyberbullying, you're leaving a trail of exactly what you're doing. Well, and not only that, but you're also uh, that that by being able to do it, you know, on on your telephone or via text message or, or via Instagram or Kick or Facebook, whatever it may be, it's a lot easier to to say and do mean things via your telephone or your computer at your house than it is to do it face to face with someone well, sure. that, that yeah, that's sure. it's made it that that probably has compounded the problem a lot to where not only you can i be saying bad things about you not only are you seeing it 
that everybody that you're friends with that have access to that account or all the people that, that have access to mine that can see it, they're all seeing it too. And then you might have people that join in on it and, and agree and, and egg it on and make that situation worse. And then when you have the other side comes in and starts defending each other, you know, those, those problems just get compounded and it snowballs and it gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah, I agree with that. I've seen a lot of that yeah. internet bullying. And you you see it with adults Facebook. too. I mean, a lot with adults. It's, it's, it's not it's, it's not an, it's not limited to, to to middle school kids or high school kids. It's it's all of us, and it's it's just something that that people need to be aware of, and people need to just make good decisions on on what they say and what they do, and be conscious of, of what they're what they're putting out there and the the positive or negative effects it can have. You know. We're talking about a lot of negatives, but there's a lot of good things that, that happen on social media and happen on the internet. And it, it's, there's a lot of positives to kids having cell phones and adults having cell phones and having this access. There's a lot of good things that come from it, too. Sure. I mean, you know, when I was in school, um, I lost everybody I went to school with for 30 years before we got social media so we could get back together sure, again. Sure. These kids will never lose the people they grew up with as right. long as they stay on social media. You know, this is a huge advantage for them. It's Absolutely. a great thing. You know, you'll, you'll be able to keep in touch with your lifelong friends, and they'll be lifelong friends, not this person I used to know 30 years ago who I now just became friends again with. Right. And so that's right. a great thing. It's like, I always think of it as like a pendulum. You know, it's a pendulum. As far as it swings on the good side, it's going to come back around to the, you know, it swings equally. Yeah. Uh, you know, so as good as it can be, which is really, really good. You know, and I, I sound like a uh, crudgeon. I know that, but, it, but the you all, pendulum will swing yeah. to the other side. That, you all know, that far, Echo so. and I are, are social media addicts. It's like yeah. crack cocaine for us. Right, We're on right. it all the time. Yeah, I'm. You know, so I, I, I'm. I sound like a, a caveman, but it's true. Um, but yeah, I, also, I was looking at my friends list, and I think there's over a thousand people on it. Right. Well, and, and therein lies another thing. You, you you need to be aware of who you're friends with, and be careful who you friend. You know, be careful for multiple friend requests. When you know, when you get a new friend request, and, you, and you've been at it for a long time, and you see that Tom's actually be friends, and you're like, I think I'm already friends with Tom. Go back and look. Yes. Make sure that you're not already friends with him, and then this isn't you know a, a fishing or a malware style you know attack on you. So so be aware of your friends who who's on your friends list. Don't be afraid to edit your friends list. If you start seeing one of the, one of the people that's on your friends list that, that starts making a lot of negative comments and, and aggressive things, whatever it may be, stuff that, that bothers you, upsets you, don't be afraid to to stop following them. You know, avoid those situations. Don't don't fall in a trap where you become argumentative with somebody because of their differing views on religion or politics or whatever it may be, or they might just be mean and saying nasty things about somebody. Unfollow them. It's not worth it. You don't. You don't have time in your life to sit around and stew about what somebody said on Facebook. So that, that's something that you need to be careful with and, and, and not be afraid to do as well. That's really good advice. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like down the too. friends list. Sure, and it's, it is important. And, and I think what a, a lot of us need to do, and, and what parents need to do, and, and what to what we need to do with our own pages is go and check our settings. And, and see what your privacy settings are. See what your child's privacy settings are. Make sure that that don't that the people that are that are just perusing through and, and that see them in their people you may know book. 
you know, looks, you know, when, when they click on that, make sure that they're, they're getting a very limited information. I get an access to your access to your full profile and I get an access to your photos and where you live and all those kinds of things. Make sure you get your privacy settings, you know, to set the exact way you want where people aren't able to, to gain a lot of your information without actually being friends with you. Yeah. I have one thing that always, it always makes me chuckle is I, when I signed up for Facebook, being an IT guy, they're like, there's no way I'm going to tell them when I was born. Sure, you know, sure. That's, that's information you, that, that uh, uh, hackers and cyber people can use, knowing your birth, date of birth. So I set mine on January 1st. And when it, it's nowhere January near. January 1st comes and goes. And I get, get all a these ton birthday things. Yeah, right? sure. It's so funny. Now, my wife, I, I set hers on a day that is not her birthday. Just simply because I don't want people online to actually, the people who actually know when my birthday are will send me birthday greetings on my birthday. But that's fine. Mm-hmm. There's only like three of them. <laughs> my sister and two old friends. Sure, sure. You know? Well, those, I mean, those are all great things that you got to be conscious of. Uh, and something that, that you want to watch out for if uh, when you're getting friends requests on whether it be Facebook or, or you're communicating on, on other social media sites is you want to, to be sure that the people that are trying to befriend you are not doing it in an attempt to victimize you. And a lot of what they'll do, whether it be an adult or a kid, but uh, it, it, it mainly is for for kids and young adults uh, when predators are, are looking to victimize them to get them to provide them with, with the personal information, provide them with photos, is they're going to work really, really hard at, at befriending you. Um, we use a, an acronym of SITS. Uh, they'll, they'll display similar interests. You know, they're going to like all the same things that you say you like. They're going to try to get you to trust them. Uh, they're going to agree with everything that you say and try and get you to tell them secrets and confide in them. You know, they're going to ask you to keep the friendship a secret, you know, especially from, from adults or parents. You know, that's a, that, that should be a red flag immediately. If somebody's telling you not to tell, tell your parents about what you're talking about, that can be an issue. Yeah, and, and they're going to, predators are going to look for, for people on various websites, you know, various different apps and things like that. It's not going to be any one certain one where they're going to try to victimize somebody. It can be on any of them. And by victimizing, you know, you can be any number of ways that, you know, someone that could be trying to, to get things from you. Um, they're just gonna do. They're gonna do everything they can to to try and become your friend and get you to trust them and provide them with the information that they need, the photos that they want, whatever it may be. So when you feel yourself uh, sliding down that trap, it is time to uh, it's time to get away from that person. It's time to to delete that. Uh, stop communicating with them. You know, avoid webcams and things like that. Those those styles of communicating with folks. Uh, because those are probably going to be nefarious ways. It's not going to be something good. So you want to be aware of that as an adult and as a parent uh, and as a child to to not fall victim into those ways as well. Yeah, one one thing I want to go back to that you you said uh, earlier that I've noticed a lot of people having problems with are people, I don't just call them bad people because they are, uh, using duplicate accounts or stealing somebody's picture and creating an account with the same name and then going on to that yeah, other person's see that friend a lot. list. I, repay, I report All the time. those. I do you every report time, them? Every time. I'm reporting those An- another one daily. I'm, another one I'm seeing a lot of is because I'm a 50-something-year-old male. So uh, that's my target group. Everybody's got their target group. For, you know, uh, hackers would target you differently than target me. I'm seeing a lot of uh, apparently attractive 20-something-year-old women asking to, from I've never seen before, don't know, asking to friend me. And I know exactly where this is going. Were, sure, I, were sure. I to say yes, you know, they would want to engage me in a chat. 
can start chatting me up and work me just exactly what you were talking about. Absolutely. This is what they're doing. But I get two or three of those requests a week. Sure. And sure. that's There was a lot of that on Twitter back when I first started. Twitter, I would get all kinds of weird. Yeah, I've had to really crank down on who's on my who can see my Twitter account too. Oh, really? Because well, I use that strictly for business. That's that's you know that's mm-hmm. for my that's for my blog, and it's you know if it's not about Chicago Bears football, it should not be on my Twitter account. It's that simple because that's what I use it for. I use it for my you know blog. Yeah. Period. And uh, so anything, anytime I see somebody coming in and there's someone, you know, boom, they go right out the door. Yeah, because I'm way too liberal on mine just because I work at the news and I've got a lot of followers that are readers of the paper. And right, right. Um, so I've just pushed out just a ton of information. And well, I actually don't follow all that many people who I'm Facebook friends with because of it, this last political season was so nasty. Oh, it was. And you talk about, I mean, some of the stuff that was going on was bullying. Absolutely. It, under it, the it under the guise of of I believe in. X candidate X, or and you believe in candidate Y, so you are a blah blah blah. I mean, it was flat out bullying. Oh yeah, and it would just be the landslide of people. Uh, they were going back and forth and, and bashing each yeah. other. Like, no. Well, and that just goes to to show you how easy it, it is to fall into that trap and get involved in those arguments. And, and even as an adult, you see a lot of adults get involved in those arguments and, and start saying. You know things that they may may not may they may say it in your face they may not, but look how easy it be for for your, your junior high middle school age child to to get involved in that style of an argument or your high schoolers things like that. So you just want to make sure that that you you avoid that if at all possible. You know, just one just don't get involved in the conversation, and two if it's something you don't want to see you don't want to be involved then just just unfollow it delete it remove it and just stay away from it. All right, good advice. So uh, are we there? Uh, we're going to talk about our apps. Yeah, apps, you want to yes. touch on a couple apps real quick? Yeah, we um, want to. I, I, we'll go through uh, a few of them here. These are some of the newer ones. So what are these apps that kids use to hide stuff from their parents? Yeah, these are, these are apps that people can use to uh, to hide things from their parents. And, and uh, a couple we've already talked about. Um, Audio Manager is is one of the newer ones. It's something that's going to look like it's used to hide the teens' music files, uh, things such as that. I mean, to, that they would use to, to manage their music and things such as that. But it, it's not. It's something that they uh, they often use to hide uh, hide any app that you don't want them to, that, that they don't want a parent to see. If they have a, an app or a link or something that they want to hide, they can stick it in there, and it keeps it from when you go through their phone. If you don't know how to access that, it, you won't be able to. Have, you won't be able to find it. Uh, there's a calculator app uh, that they, they put on their phone, and, and it's actually uh, it, it, most phones, most all your smartphones, Android phones, you know, they and iPhones have a calculator on them already. This is a different one that they're going to add. Uh, this one in particular, it'll be uh, oftentimes it'll it'll look like the it'll have the calculator, the buttons and such on the app that you would click, and there'll be a percentage sign like in the upper right corner of it. Uh, they can open that up, put in a special code, and they can hide photos in there, whether it be just inappropriate photos that they don't want you to see, new photos, whatever it may be. That's one that they use as well. Um, that one, uh, it, it's been out for a while. You know, uh, There's uh, several people that have some knowledge of it. Uh, Vaulty is a new one. Um, I, I didn't know a whole lot about Vaulty. It's it's one I just found out about here not too long ago. Um if you see it, they're using it to hide something. I don't know how it works, but it's used to to disguise some stuff. 
Snapchat, we've already talked about Snapchat a lot. Uh, a lot of what happens on Snapchat is uh, uh, some of those pictures can end up on Snap Party and on, on a sexting forum, some stuff that's very similar to Snapchat that people will, uh, will take and take it off of your Snapchat and send it to different places and use it whether you want them to or not. And actually, uh, Snapchat has a, a Snapchat safety center uh, where, where you can go and, and you can read about stuff. And Snapchat reminds people that, you know, it, of the illegality of some things that, that could occur on there and then what they encourage people not to do. Uh, Burn Note is a messaging app, uh, very similar to Snapchat, I guess, where it those messages disappear after a set amount of time. Uh, let's see. Tinder. Uh, Tinder can be a really dangerous app, especially yeah, I don't Tinder. Know what that is? Uh, Tinder is a is a social networking app. Uh, it's a uh, where where uh, you you use it to uh, to rate profiles and people use it to you know to find uh, people to hook up with uh, people to, to date. Uh, it'll uh, often GPS if you, if you have a set right, it'll GPS track you where you'll know that you know so and so is within so so close to you or so many miles away or whatever, and you can get on and you can communicate back and forth. It, it can be one that can be dangerous as well. Um, Kick Kick Messenger is is one that a lot of kids are using. Um, they use it to exchange videos, uh, photos, uh, sketches, and create gifts. Um, unfortunately, it has also uh, become a popular one for uh, for sexting and uh, for what like the term used to be used is like sex buddy is now a kick buddy. So if you hear your kids talking about kick buddy, or if you have a kid or a, a friend or someone you know that's using kick, uh, they need to be very careful with it. Uh, you need to be aware that, that that could be an issue uh, for you or your child. And uh, as far as I know, Kick doesn't offer any type of parental controls. There's no authenticating. Authenticating. I can't. I can't talk Authenticating. Tonight. Authenticating them users. Really, really easy for for predators to use. Um, Ask.fm is a, a one that is getting used a lot as well. Uh, it's a Q&A site where users can ask other uh, other users questions anonymously. Um, and, and I do know that one's getting used a lot around here. Um, I, I've talked to a couple of kids that have it, and I've gone through a couple of, of the Ask FM accounts and, and saw where people were asking, you know, kid A questions. And, of course, that they know who you are. But if I understand it right, they know who you are, but you don't know who they are. And asking some pretty mean stuff, some pretty inappropriate stuff, uh, making some uh, some mean, very mean statements. It's a great place of uh, becoming involved in cyberbullying. Uh, what I saw, what I was not very impressed with. Uh, I'm sure there's some good things in the corona too, but uh, what I saw on the couple that I've been through was pretty inappropriate. And uh, according to some of the websites, there has been some um, documented cases of suicide related to that, uh, to that website. As far as how accurate that information is, I, you know, I can't confirm or deny that, but it would be pretty easy to understand uh, how something like that could happen, especially if... Uh, when there's there's no way of knowing who's asking that question or making those statements, you can imagine some of the things yeah, that, that people say to each other on there. So those are some apps that, that parents should be aware of if your child has them. Uh, highly likely it is not a good thing. 
Good to know, Ruby. Yeah, I, I've never heard of a sing. Well, Snapchat, but that's the only one. Sure, but that's sure. the only one I've heard of. Yeah. In fact, when I when I first uh, heard of Snapchat, I just could not wrap my head around what it was for. I just could not figure out why you would want to do this. It, sure. it never dawned and on me. And Snapchat's become an extremely popular site. You know, people of all ages use Snapchat, yeah, I, and it can be it can be very entertaining. It can be a lot of fun, and and, and for most people, it really is. But it it can lead to some bad things too just like all these these things are created they're, they're created because there's there's a use for them and some some people are enjoying them and are using them for great reasons but any, anytime something good comes up there's also people that, that, that find a way to use that for bad things as well and it's just something you need to be aware of be careful about and, and avoid becoming a victim of a crime or being involved in a crime and then um, and you were talking about resources for people Sure. There's uh there's there's this any time that, that you think that a crime may have been committed, you need to contact law enforcement. Whether it be your local law enforcement group, you know, your your local law enforcement at, at your at your city level or your county level or the highway patrol. Uh, either way, you report it to somebody, ha- have that checked on and investigated. Um, a lot of larger agencies have internet crime units that, that specialize in things like that. The, the patrol has a, a internet crimes or forensic crimes unit, and we also work with some other agencies or some other uh, officers the, with, with the such as the STAT team. Uh, Kirksville has an internet crimes unit that they use quite frequently. I'm sure that you all have seen some of their news mm-hmm. releases and the rest of stuff. They may you probably reported on some of them. There, there's a lot of different ways to report that. Um, it, if you have questions or concerns about apps, you know, seek out someone that, that has, uh, has a lot of internet experience. And uh, if you don't know someone locally that, that is aware of things like that, you can get on the Highway Patrol's website and go to our Division of Drug and Crime Control. And uh, in there will be our, our Internet Crimes Forensic Unit's information and some telephone numbers where you can call and ask them questions as well. Uh, you you can Google a, a lot of these apps. You know, yeah. uh, there's a lot of articles on the on the the apps that we talk, that we talked about this afternoon. You, you can find a lot of information on there. Uh, just ask to, if you're doing internet searches on on the on cyberbullying or you know whatever they, whatever those whatever you might want to do searches on whether it be apps or things like that. Just make sure that that your whatever information you're reading is coming from a reputable news source. Uh, so that you know that, that, that the information you're getting is, is trustworthy. Okay. Sounds good I to me. Think, I appreciate I the information. Now we, now we need to get on to uh, Echo and my little, uh, our little thing. Seatbelts. Oh, our thing. Our right. thing. It's our thing. We've adopted this to be our thing. Because, we're, because we have you here, then now we can just bust We have into the man our, here, and, and this is a man who actually will. We encourage. We encourage people to use. Yeah, he he can encourage it in multiple ways, and one of which is writing a ticket for you if you're Absolutely. not doing it. So, well, seatbelt uh, use is something that that obviously the highway patrol. It is very involved in, and we we highly recommend that everyone uses their seatbelt. Uh, you know, on average, in the state of Missouri, there's 130,000 traffic crashes a year. Uh, most of your, your your according to your major insurance companies, uh, they they believe that that you'll be involved in one traffic crash for every 10 years that you're alive. So, so if you live to be 70, it's highly likely that you're going to be involved in seven traffic crashes, and so on. It could be more. It could be less. Uh, however, uh, 
we do know that, that seatbelts are directly correlated with, with surviving traffic crashes and not only surviving traffic crashes, but also with sustaining, uh, not sustaining an injury at all or, or sustaining lesser injuries. Uh, so we, we really, really push that, that people wear their seatbelts. It's uh, it's proven that it, you have a forty to fifty percent better chance of surviving a traffic crash if you have your seatbelt on. If I was to ask you or tell you that uh, if you bought this lottery ticket for an extra dollar, that you would uh, you know have a forty to fifty percent better chance of winning a million dollars, would you take that chance? You know I would. Absolutely. So so why would you not take that chance of uh, having the you know uh, the that better chance to survive a traffic crash and not be seriously injured in that traffic crash by, by simply putting your seatbelt on. Uh, this year alone, uh, in, in the state of Missouri, to, to yesterday's date, not counting today, 167 people have already died in traffic crashes in the state of Missouri alone. Uh, that's 167 you know, sons, daughters, grandmas, aunts, grandpas, where it may be, that are no longer here. You know, A lot of those people probably did have their seatbelt on. A lot of them did not have their seatbelt on. Uh, last year in the state of Missouri, 943 people died in, in traffic crashes. Uh, so you, you think that, the, you know, that, that's a whole lot of people uh, that could still be here if they had been wearing their seatbelt. Obviously, seatbelt's not going to save everybody. There is going to be some circumstances where you're involved in a crash where, where you're not going to be able to survive whether you have your seatbelt on or not. But you're going to have a 40 50% chance better chance to survive or less serious physical injury. It, Put your seatbelt on. It is one of the one. It is one of the only things that you can do to ensure your safety. Uh, you you cannot control what other drivers do. You can control whether you drink and drive. You can control whether you drive the speed limit. You can control whether you're following too close or not. Uh, you can control whether you have your seatbelt on and whether the people in your car have their seatbelts on. You cannot control any of that from what other drivers do. So you need to protect yourself. Uh, be a defensive driver and wear your seatbelt. Uh, you know, Echo and I have talked about this, but we're we're driving up there on on Highway Six, okay. And every time we, we're just driving down the road, fifty five miles an hour, doing doing our thing. But every time a car passes us in the other lane, they are seven feet away from killing us. Every single time, and accidents will happen. The person's the car will break. The person's not going to be paying attention. They're going to be texting on their phone instead of driving. Another pet peeve drives me nuts. Um, you know, they're going to be. Uh, texting on their t- on their phone, they're gonna be doing. Yeah. it happens. We say all the time because I'm not from here. I'm from Nevada, where we have big, wide, um, you know, four lane, eight lane, six lane, you know, uh, roads with shoulders and big shoulders uh, things. Um, I don't think people who are from here who have always been here realize how treacherous these highways are. I mean, they are. They're treacherous with, you know, it just seems seem more dangerous to be, you know, as far as... It's just no no matter what, what style of highway you're driving on, there, there are several things that you need to be doing. You know, distracted driving is not new. Uh, we, we've always been distracted, whether it be from the radio or uh, from from eating or drinking or smoking, whatever it be. There's, there's various ways of being distracted while you're driving. Just not paying attention because you're... You've got so many thoughts running through your head about, you know, you just got off work. I'm running a little bit late. I need to get home. I got to get my kids picked up by this time. I got to get to the store and I got to get to the ball game. And you're thinking about all these things you need to do as opposed to paying attention to the task at hand, which is driving. 
You know, so distract driving them out there for a long time. So we really need to focus on that, whether whatever it may be that's distracting us, trying to, to move that out of our heads and focus on driving. You know, and, and the roads around here can be dangerous, you know, because they, they're newer. I mean, they're, they're older, and then some of them are oftentimes narrow. Uh, but you, you face those same dangers on, on a six-lane highway. You know, so you want to be sure that you're, you're not distracted, you're driving the speed limit, uh, you're not tired, you're just paying attention to what you're doing, wearing your seatbelt and being a safe and courteous driver, whether you're on a six-lane highway or a two-lane road, all those things come into play. Yeah, I, I have to admit, my, my one thing about driving, I don't speed, I come to complete stops, but my one thing about driving, I, I'll constantly have to, have to uh, fight against is distracted driving. Now, I don't text while I'm driving, sure. but I'll pick up the phone. You know, my song, I'm trying to just pause the audio books. So you know, no, I should not be doing it. I have to do it. I catch myself doing it all the bloody time. Yeah, those, those I should lock all... my phone away. It's it's hard not to when you have so much going on. You know, there, there's so much technology in a car now. You know, with your you can Bluetooth your phone to your to your stereo and listen to audio books or, or whatever it may be. Uh, passengers in your car are a great distraction. If you're a young driver and you're driving around with your friends and you're trying to talk to a person in the back seat, you know you're not paying attention to what you need to be doing. As a parent, you know that, that, that it's really difficult when you're driving down the highway and you got kids in the back seat screaming at you and you're trying to communicate with them and and still pay attention to what you're doing. There's various ways to be distracted. It's just something that you need to remind yourself of, be aware of, and limit to the best of your ability. You know, the chances of us ever having zero traffic fatalities is, is very slim. It's just traffic crashes are going to happen. No matter how, how hard we try to eliminate them, they are going to occur. But we can sure work towards you know minimizing them and reducing the, the number of and the severity of traffic crashes by focusing on a lot of these driving things. Now, I'm here, just here. Gonna, I'm just going to assume, as a, as a law enforcement officer, a person who does write tickets, that there are some tickets that are easier to write than others. Like, for example, uh, not wearing a seatbelt. That's an easy one to, to sure. write. Because, yeah, I mean, a a seatbelt ticket is very important because uh, I, I'm a firm believer that, that seatbelts do save lives. You know, and uh, nobody wants to get a speeding ticket. Nobody is happy about getting a speeding ticket. And oftentimes, you know, those aren't tickets that, that a law enforcement officer enjoys writing either. You know, some people, you know, they really like writing speeding tickets. Others don't. But they are a necessary part of traffic enforcement as well. And the, the way I try to relate that to folks is if if there was no law enforcement out uh, watching for speed violations and stopping cars for that and slowing cars down, how would everybody drive? If, if they weren't afraid of getting pulled over and getting cited for driving too fast or, or being careless and, and not driving on the right side of the road. If, if no one was there to stop those people from doing that, if that fear wasn't there of getting pulled over or that fear wasn't there of being involved in a traffic crash, you know, how would people act if we weren't around doing that? Nobody wants to get a ticket, but as far as enforcement options are concerned, it, it is a tool that we, we need to use and have to use to reduce the number of traffic crashes. A lot of people don't don't think that running, you know, 10 or 15 miles an hour over the speed limit, you know, in, in an unpopulated area is that big of a deal. Uh, but it sure is if you drive off the right side of the road, hit an embankment and overturn. It, it's a lot bigger deal if a deer runs out in front of the roadway or a cow is standing in the roadway and you hit it at 75 mile an hour instead of 55 mile an hour. You know, your chances of injured getting injured are, are going to go uh, substantially higher than the amount of damage to your vehicle going to be substantially higher. So it is important to, to drive the speed limit and not just drive the speed limit, uh, but, but drive your car uh, at a speed that is safe for the conditions. Okay, conditions are ever changing. 
you know, 55 mile an hour on, on on road A any given day, you know, may be safe. If it's raining, 55 mile an hour may become dangerous. You know, and obviously if it's snowing or, or freezing rain, things like that, the speed limit, you, you, it's not going to be safe to drive that anymore. So you have to adjust your, your speeds to the conditions, whether it be fog, rain, snow, sleet, gravel on the roadway. You, you have to adjust how fast you drive uh, to relate to the conditions that you're facing as well. Now, one other thing I wanted to mention about seatbelts, I always, we, I think we include it without talking about it, but child appropriate child restraints, not just child restraints, but make sure they fit the kid, too. Sure. I mean, you just putting something on a kid is not enough. It actually has to fit the child That's to correct. keep them safe. There's so. there's some age requirements, some height requirements, and some weight requirements that, that all go into what style of seat your child should be in, whether they should be in, in a child restraint system, forward-facing, rear-facing, uh, whether they need to be in a five-point harness or if a booster seat would suffice, or if they're old enough, tall enough, way enough to be in a regular seat belt. If anybody has questions about that, I encourage them to contact their, their local law enforcement, the, one of the local officers. They can call me at the troop headquarters, and I can explain to them you know, exactly what, what, the, what the criteria is for the children to be in different seats. Well, I see, I, I, you see, that's when I see you around. People, not that the, the kids are buckled in, but they just are not in the appropriate restraint. For the, sure, rich, sure. for the size. And it is important for them being the proper restraint. You know, it's important for, for you know, children under the age of 12 to, to not be exposed to airbags. Uh, things such as that, that can have a detrimental effect. You know, if your child, uh, it, it, if they are in a booster seat, you need to be sure that that seatbelt, and, and if it's age appropriate for them, that the seatbelt is uh, firmly fastened, that it's laying across their waist in the proper place, that's going across uh, their chest and over their shoulder in the proper place for that, that shoulder strap isn't cutting in their neck or too high or too low. You want to make sure that it's going across that, that rib cage area to where it's going to give them the maximum amount of protection if they are involved in a traffic crash. And, and you cannot predict when a traffic crash is going to occur. You know, and, and one of the most common excuses we hear about not wearing seatbelts or not putting their child in the, in the child restraint properly is, well, you know, I'm just going the other side of town. I'm not going far from my house. Well, it, it's, a, it's a proven fact that most traffic crashes are going to occur near your home because that, that's where you do your most driving is around your house within 20 miles of your home is where you, you spend the most of your time in your vehicle. And if you're going to be in a crash, more than likely it's going to be in, in that area. That's good information. I didn't know that. I yeah. My, know that. my one other seatbelt thing is, it is, uh, trucks too. You know, some people go, oh, I, I'm in this, uh, I'm in such and such size of truck. I don't have to wear it. You should wear your seatbelt anyway. Cause people, I don't know what the, I don't have any statistics, but, the people who get really injured with trucks is because they're flung from the vehicle in a wreck. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you if that's the one, you, well, those are the ones you see that end up being the fatalities. Is the vehicle rolls and they get flung, they get ejected. That's sure. a bad thing. You never want to if, if you're ejected from your vehicle, your your chance of injury or death is greatly increased. Yeah, it is you. Proven fact and, and well known that you're better off, you know, restrained inside your vehicle than you are outside of it. Your, your chance of a serious injury outside your car, or the car crushing you, you know, is much, much higher as opposed to if you're actually inside the vehicle. You know, motor vehicles uh, for, for years and years and years and years have, have been manufactured in a way to sustain crashes and for the vehicle uh, the way it's built to absorb a lot of that shock when you're involved in a crash if you're outside that car those things that have been engineered into motor vehicles are are not a benefit to you anymore 
but they are made to sustain crashes and, and reduce injury to the people inside them as well. And if you're not inside that car in your seatbelt, it's not the best place for you to be. Outstanding. There it is there. We have hit up to our time limit, guys. We've, we've spent the last hour and ten minutes chatting away, and we've, we've reached that point in time where it's time where we thank our guest for being here. Thank you. Sergeant thank Brown. you so much. Thanks I for having me. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. I learned it. some. Did you learn? I did. I learned quite a few things. learned a lot, yeah. Stuff we have, so hopefully our listeners will learn, too. Hopefully we will, too. And um, so... Uh, are you you're going to have something in the paper about this too? Are you using some of this for the paper? Yeah, we'll use yeah. this for the paper. All right. So, not this week, maybe next week. All it right. Take me a while to get it out, but yes. not a problem. Um, so, look forward to it in the paper. Uh, we'll be back again, same bat time, same bat channel. Even though we don't usually go out at the same exact time, but so wait for us next week. We'll have more of the echoing something. Show. We'll right. have something. Well, I don't know what it'll be, but we will have something. So, until then. Uh, Talk to you later. Ta-ta for now. Ta-ta for now, yes. All right. Bye-bye. And...